What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Better Days. I'm your host, Ryan. And as always, we are joined by the best doggone co-host on the podcast, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing wonderful. We're switching things up. <laughs> yeah, um, having a little fun with it. <laughs> Ryan is gonna, gets taking the lead this time. Um, Chris has apparently been incapacitated uh, uh, recently. Um I, 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 Recently, it was this morning. <laughs> I uh, I basically rolled out of bed and fell down the stairs. Like I, um, I'm going to tell you the story because it's actually kind of funny. I think. All it's right, funny. let's lay it on me. I you have I have okay, I haven't heard the story yet. So uh, so we we got to figure out how stupid you are to fall down this pair of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up and. Um, I've been making coffee for myself. Like this is the first week I've done it. I've been getting up, walking downstairs, hitting the button, right. having a cup of coffee. Cause I've been trying to get out of the habit of buying Red Bull because my wife fucking hates that. And while the coffee I buy is a little, I mean, it looks like, like 12 bucks and then they're shipping. Yeah. Um, it's way go there, fancy stuff. The, <laughs> right? No, God, dude, I, so, it's the, it's a, it's a brand called smugglers coffee. They're amazing. It's delicious. I love that shit. It's wonderful. Um, sponsorship top opportunities are available. Yeah. Right. Um, no. So I've been so, drinking it every day. And so I was coming around the corner, going to go downstairs, cut on the coffee pot. And you know how you step a little bit too far on the step and your feet go out from under you. Mm-hmm. You slide down the stairs like the worst way to fucking fall down i mean like, outside <laughs> so of the first... long way outside uh... of going the long way it's the way where you slip and you fall and it you pick up so much momentum already <laughs> that you like fly down the stairs <laughs> wait but were you no... face first or no i was legs first so okay <laughs> I, I could uh, like but it was dark so i couldn't see to brace myself <laughs> right so i hit every fucking stair oh man every one ouch top ouch. to bottom every <laughs> single one and i felt it felt like i fell so long that i remember thinking there's literally nothing i can do about this i'm just gonna have to stop when i get to the bottom <laughs> This is my life now. (laughs) I'm falling downstairs. (laughs) And that is a perfect metaphor for how I felt after Beto fucking (laughs) dropped out when I was in the car. I found out from fucking CNN and I was just like, oh, you felt like falling down the stairs. Your body finally caught up to where your brain was. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, my God. So I've just been taking tons and tons of medication <laughs> to fucking. It hurts real bad. Like the the, the, br- the bruise on my ass is just awful. My arm hurts. <laughs> like I had to like hobble around the school. All oh, day. Oh, everybody oh, you was... actually went to work after that. Yeah, what? yeah. I went to I'm, I'm... I went to work. Wow, I might have called out on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I I manned up and I told the kids well, and I laughed at myself and I had somebody somebody was like, "Why are you walking like that?" And I was like, "I <laughs> I fell down the stairs." What's worse is right. I, I had to uh, my I had texted my boss in the morning that I fell down the stairs like my lead teacher and she was mm-hmm. like, "You want to take off?" I was like, "No," because I've had to use a lot of days. You know, I did some Beto stuff and then Bodie's needed me to stay home a couple times and you know, as a teacher, we get five paid days off. Yeah, which, you know, we get summers. I get it. I'm cool. 
Um, honestly. And then, you know, I get five more when the, uh, next semester starts. So whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but I can't go, I can't, you know, call out now. Uh, so I decide to go in and she's like, well, maybe you should talk to the assistant principal and see if they'll let you go home. And then I sat and stared at my computer screen and was like, how the fuck am I going to write this email and not sound like a complete and total fuck nut? Like, Hey, uh, so, I'm hobbling everywhere in my body aches because I fell down the stairs. <laughs> so, so, so you weren't the only bad person, uh, somebody to have a, a, a bad day this week. Uh, a couple other people had a bad day. Um, Trump had a bad day this week, uh, Wednesday. Why, why don't you talk about what happened on, uh, what happened for Trump? <laughs> His... Trump has a uh, Trump has had a bad day every day. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't. He, he commits so many crimes consistently that yeah. it, it, it that it or it just or there's just blatant dumbassery. Like, I don't understand. Right, I really don't. Like, so I can't remember which Republican it was that came out and said, "If you love America, don't send your kids to <laughs> um, Stanford or Harvard." I was like, what? Yeah, this is after yeah, the, the, yeah. the professors um, were testifying yesterday for mm-hmm. constitutional law. And oh, my God. But really, today was actually the really, really big day. Um, Nancy Pelosi came out and she uh, she made that statement about, um, you know, there, she wants the articles of. Um, yes, in, in dra- we're, we're, uh, we are formally drafting articles of impeachment as, as we speak. So that's a big step. That's a that's a historical step. How many how many have actually been crafted in history? Uh, two, two, two. Blowjob Gate and uh, whatever Andrew Johnson did. That guy wasn't that bright, right? Because I mean, Nixon didn't even get to that point. They nope. just... resigned beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, uh, here fucking we go. Giuliani is in Ukraine as we speak right now. Like mm-hmm. making shit up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He told people, no, th- this is how dumb this motherfucker is. What are the, what are the odds you think he actually comes back to the United States? Never. That motherfucker's never. He, <laughs> do, he's they, there do you think forever. he's staying there? He's like, I'm here. Uh, I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> he'll like Snowden. He'll end up in a. <laughs> he'll be in, oh, no. The hope is the Ukrainians arrest his ass and they extradite him. Um, that would be hilarious. <laughs> how would you know? I think that's how they get I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Please get this motherfucker out of the Yeah, place. they, they seem to generally be trying to just play this off and stay out of it. I mean, the president of Ukraine, which is rightfully so, like, he, he you know, he keeps making the state. He made the statement recently that, uh, no, Ukraine didn't do anything. We don't feel pressured. I mean, of course he's going to say he didn't feel pressure. That if he said he felt pressured, he would be a weak president of Ukraine and lose support of all of his constituents. Exactly, it, so, he's in a bad position. Yeah, so he's just trying to like, y'all deal with this. Keep me the fuck out of it. <laughs> Basically, it's all mm-hmm. all around. It's really, really, it's just real. It's a whole lot of dumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and to, to add on to the Giuliani thing, right? He's been he had been teasing that he was traveling and he, you couldn't know where he was. And then some like super right wing conspiracy theorist Ukrainian shared a picture of him and Giuliani in like Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like you are the. Oh, just the, oh it's like God. the stupid mob, is what it is. Mm. It, stupid right? mob. They, they are the. Ab, they're they're exactly what ha- it, it it's you know. I, I guess if you it's idiocracy the mm-hmm. idi- idiocracy of the mob like i'm sure there's mobsters that are still out there but it's not like in the heyday when you had like 
you know uh well they they if like they're the out real, there the but real they, mobsters right i mean they're they're out there but they also are smart enough to keep their mouth shut i mean you know <laughs> that's well, the point of the mob not go around blabbing and then bragging about it on twitter and releasing transcripts of your freaking bribery and then acting like, like it's 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 stupid they're just being stupid about it like thank it's mind-numbing Thank God he is incompetent. That's all I can say. Thank God he's incompetent. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, it's it's like it's the it's the idiocracy version of the mob mm-hmm. is what they are. Right. Right. But, but yeah, um there's also we, gonna be a, so uh another people who've had bad days. Uh this week also uh Kamala dropped out. She uh dropped out of the race. So the uh, field is definitely narrowing down. Um, you know, I don't know. I know a lot of Beto supporters. She was a, uh, she was always, she was a big favorite of a lot of people. A lot of people wanted her, but I think she just ended up, you know, having a lot of the same problems Beto did with the media, um, especially towards the end. Um, like, you mean after uh, Beto dropped out? And they yeah, else after Beto dropped out, but once like her. they started really, like after she cuts that, the, some of the camp, some of the process articles that came out. Um, those started getting like really mean, you know, and, and then there was staff layoffs. There was that letter that went out, uh, from one of her staff, honestly, um, seeing how some of the staff reacted to Kamala's, uh, quitting, it, it, it kind of solidified to me why Beto would have dropped out what he, when he did, because, you know, when you start laying off staff and you start having to make the kind of cuts in order to continue your campaign, there's going to be hard feelings of, you know, the haves and haves nots. And, you know, it's just this human nature. So it kind of is like, all right, I guess I can kind of see it a little bit more now. It does clarify for me, you know, why he would make that decision now instead of, uh, you know, running it out on a shoestring campaign. So, yeah, it makes sense. And the way it's all been treated pisses me yeah. off because Kamala was really my she became my my go-to after Beto that's where I was thinking you know that's yeah. if it, I, I she was the one I was really pulling for and you know we have a debate coming up where everybody's white by the way mm-hmm. um that I mm-hmm. mean nobody's really backing you know, nobody's oh well Yang's out that's not fair Yang Yang isn't white <laughs> wait well wait 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 is is did Yang make the debates uh I know you know I think he has I think he still needs a poll Okay, that, that but that's what I mean. There's only six of them who have made it. Yeah, and and it's just it. I mean, I'm not. I don't know, man. I just I really mean, don't like the. At, I don't like at, what we have. I don't like where it's going. At, at um, this at this point, I'm kind of in the boat of you know, the 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 primary candidate. You know, the goal is in order to beat Trump, right? And so who's the best position to beat Trump? Whether or not I'm excited for him, whether or not, you know, I'm going to be heartbroken about Beto and I'm not going to ever turn around. But, like, at some point, we still got to beat Trump. And the best hope and who's the most acceptable chance we have. Um, You know, I, I think the field is definitely narrowing. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there you know, people, a lot of people don't like Pete. I don't see him having a path forward. You know, Amy's still there. I do enjoy Amy Klobuchar. I, I like her, and I I really do. I mean, I know she had the, those whole rumors about the staff and how she treats her staff, but, you know, I like her. I think she's funny. I think she's witty. Has horrible stage presence, but I think she's also going to... She gets in her groove, though. 
When she, she gets in a groove, she's good. And she impresses me when she's in a groove. That's um, true. Klobuchar was another one of my top top picks, too. I like her a lot. But she's still, uh, you know, she's kind of in that same uh, bucket as everybody else where she just really can't seem to get out from a low percentage. So, you know, what's going to happen? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we have decided that uh, we are going to do something called politics roulette where basically ryan is going to come up with a topic that i may or may not know about it's just a surprise topic oh uh, you know about something. this one <laughs> do i yeah. oh sweet um what? mine he might not um but i also have a bonus one okay save that for the end though we're gonna let you yeah. go first and, and these can be where these aren't necessarily current events could be you know anything really so um here, why don't you want me to you why don't you go first since you got your bonus one we'll see if we get the bonus one at the end so you go first <laughs> okay all right all right so i'm going to talk to uh talk about uh the nato meetings but specifically not just the nato meetings but princess anne and the shrug heard around the world what do you know what i'm talking about <laughs> no i don't so oh, fucking awesome so dog Donald Trump was meeting the Queen at Buckingham Palace. This is at the same time that that video w would have been being taken of all the world leaders making fun of his dumbass. I, I saw um, that one, and I saw that, the one where the Prince Charles like, they like, quote unquote flicked him off, but really he was rubbing his eye with his middle finger. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Well, um, the Queen was standing, and Trump is standing in front of her, and Princess Anne is down the hallway, and the Queen waves her over, and Princess Anne refuses to shake Donald Trump's hand. And when the Queen says something to her, she just kind of like shrugs at her. <laughs> do it. So this motherfucker who thinks that he's respected around the world got uh. his ass handed to him, and then had to leave early in shame. Oh, right? my no. I had, in a million years, I would have never wished that a United States president would be the laughing stock of the world. He like, really oh is. God, I mean, the, the, the leaders so are laughing at him. He's, he's, you know, people... I don't get it. I don't get what people see in this guy. I, I, Kool-Aid. They drink yeah. it. And and they, they I mean you, they could go out um, Jonestown style man like these people are I, and I I I I mean like I don't I see it being potentially violent because of the rhetoric that you used and the things that he says and does he's dangerous um, it's it's a problem mm -hmm. um, and people don't think about that they don't think about you know the kids that hear that and hear that hear hear that shit from their parents and everybody thinks it's okay and you know we might might not agree on politics like which I, I hear a lot and it's not about agreeing on politics about agreeing on what is right and wrong because politics is not putting children in cages politics mm -hmm. is not kicking out kids who came here uh, one against their will if you want to argue that way um and are doing nothing but helping our i know our, it's our, our government you know i mean uh, unfortunately i mean we keep saying this though but he, trump is just a symptom of i mean unfortunately that is politics the republican that is politics for the republican party you know it's not i keep saying this it's not enough just to be trump we have to be trumpism we have to be 
everything about Trump. And that means like up and down the ticket and the Senate and the House and the state houses. Like we, we there has to be a thorough rejection of this Fox News InfoWars propaganda machine. Like that that whole thing needs to stop. Cause because unfortunately it is politics. I mean I wish I could say that Trump is unique in saying he wants to deport them all, but unfortunately, he's just echoing what he hears on TV, and that's how he Which forms policy. He terrifying. goes on TV, he listens to Sean Hannity, and then that's policy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's that, right. That's what that, it is. That's that's like detectives getting their like you know uh, you know learning how to solve cases by watching Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. That's what you get when you get a reality star president. No, the, the, the guy has made his entire career off of pumping up a media personality, and so being a dipshit, he believes that being a media personality is all that matters. I mean, it's, it's his, a, just, his it's real so estate upsetting. career is based on his media personality. Well, he killed fucking Atlantic City. It was the last time he went there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. <laughs> it's sorry awful. If any, sorry if there are any listeners in Atlantic City. Uh, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Please do. <laughs> please do. We know how you all feel about Trump. There, anyways. Um, right. So uh, it's 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 your go. Like that 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 was. I liked how that ran. Um, it started with <laughs> Princess Anne and her shrug, which was just absolutely fucking hilarious. All right, I, I got one for else. you. That's that's a little little different. Okay. Um, so I've been watching this document, these docu series on Netflix recently, a PBS docu series on the Civil War. Sweet. Um, and I know this is something that's up your alley because a you live in Virginia. <laughs> And Fair enough. you teach history. So those two things make you an uh, automatic expert about everything about the Civil War. <laughs> that is not how that works. I do know quite a bit. I actually have a little bit of an interesting background in that. Um, okay. I took a – because of where I went to school I took and what I do, um, I took a Civil War and Reconstruction class at um, Old Dominion University, mm-hmm. which is in Norfolk, Virginia, and was taught by the oldest man alive. Oh wow! Yeah, dude, he was like a thousand. Was he a, was he alive during the Civil War? He might have been. He fell asleep <laughs> when he was talking, and when he talked to us, it sounded like this. And, he just, and, that, and then he'd wake up real fast, and like it happened every fucking. Time. <laughs> so old ass Southern man teaching All right. class in North, North Norfolk, Virginia. So so, so 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 this question will probably ask you. All right. So oh, well, well, hey, I, I I took also took a a civil war and reconstruction course at Monmouth University. Yeah. Yeah, see that's the interesting thing cuz Texas uh you know I grew up in Texas we had a bunch of Texas history. We were involved in the civil war but not super involved. I mean our founding father Sam Houston he didn't even want to he didn't want to succeed. He actually got our governor got ran out of office because he didn't uh, one of the states. Yeah, uh, uh, he ended up uh, retiring after that. So yeah, our founding father got kicked out because he did, he wanted to jo- stay in the union, and to the to the end, he always uh, maintained that. Anyways, so Robert E. Lee is always a big controversial figure. Oh dear lord! Okay. And he and one of the reasons why people quote revere him is because he's. A military genius. He he 
was very He's probably like the number two greatest general in the history of ever. Right. That's the theory. But I've been watching this documentary and I keep watching how completely inept the Union generals were, especially in the early Civil War when uh, Lee was having all his success. I mean, these were people who had like 10 to 1 advantages and would lose a few men and then run away. And they did this over and over and over and just like did stupid stuff. It wasn't until Grant got in charge and actually like fought that they actually had somebody. So these they spent all these years, you know, basically beating up Stooges. <laughs> So I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, do you think the legacy of General Lee uh, in all of this is somehow affected by the competition he faced? Like, we inflate him as a military commander because he fought such bad commanders on the other side? <laughs> um, I absolutely not. Um, I uh, Lee is well a controversial figure you yeah. can't take away for the fact that he was a a genius and he 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 proved that in a couple other occasions he um you know he was a, a veteran of the mexican-american war right he put down the raid on harper's ferry in like 15 minutes mm-hmm. um like he he was he was clearly ahead of his time he was clearly a genius um now the union generals were incredibly stupid um, in a lot of cases, the Peninsula campaign was an awful idea. You know, I think, I believe it was McClellan. Is mm-hmm. it McClellan? I mean, it was McClellan. It was McClellan. Who, yeah. Who, who just absolutely fucking hated Lincoln, made Lincoln wait 45 minutes and it, it became a pissing contest. Like you can't do that in war. And granted, I get that, that, uh, Lincoln was a little bit obsessive with shit. Um, especially with like telegrams and putting out orders to the front line. But at the same time, you still have to have the tenacity and the, and, and the, um, courage to, or the, the 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 mental fortitude to keep fighting and pushing forward. You don't get that until Grant. Grant didn't give a fuck. They, right. they lost so many men. It was like five to one or something like that. But they could back it up. Yeah, yeah, and that's they, ultimately I mean, what won them the war. Is just they someone they finally got a general who could put their superior numbers to bear and grind it out. Because unfortunately, that's what it would take to win the Civil War. Is you, there was no other way. You had to grind it out. <laughs> unfortunately that that's just what it took you know and it was and and mm-hmm. unfortunately we lost a lot of people and you know it, it came from bad decisions and bad deals um throughout our history and, and it's it's shit that we're still dealing with today oh yeah i, I mean the fact that we're arguing over these monuments that weren't even built during or directly after the civil war, they were built in the 1920s. And Oh yeah, by the way, a lot of them were built on the sites of uh, where they used to sell slaves because they were used as intimidation. Mm -hmm. Um, So these people are like, well, you should have, you know, this kind of stuff. We need to, yeah, they don't need to be fucking monuments. You can put that shit in a museum. Right. right. Are there any we, monuments we in your hometown? Where are there any monuments there where you where you live? Um, not that. Uh, there is a Jefferson Davis Elementary School, but I believe they're changing the name of that school. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any. Um, now if you go to Richmond, oh well, a, that's uh, Richmond. I mean, yeah, mo- <laughs> Monument Row. It's a, all of these right. uh, Confederate generals, and then Arthur Ashe. So, I mean, th- this is something because I, 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 my wife is from Fredericksburg, obviously. Mm-hmm. She, you know, this, these are historical areas and there is a lot of, I mean, there is some 
there's a lot of claim, especially from people in that area, to say, you know, this really is my history. The Confederacy really is my history. All these, ba I grew up in like 12 battlefields around them. I mean, in those scenarios, do you think like these kinds of monuments are appropriate and sort of thing? Or oh. you you can have um, look at Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. Gettysburg does it tastefully. Gettysburg is on a a battlefield, and yes, at the end of the day. Um, whether they they fought for the Confederacy or the, or the Union, um, right. they, it was Americans killing Americans. So doing things like that on a battlefield where different things happened, like I love Gettysburg. Gettysburg is one of my favorite. I actually places. have never been there. Yeah, it is amazing. I've been a lot. It's the first okay. uh, trip me and my wife took when we first got together. We went to Gettysburg. Oh okay. Um, but uh, having it at like on the main strip of road or just some random place, it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see here um it, it one's a grave marker one yeah. is is a show of, you know, fuck you, you know, the, the, we control things. Right, 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 right. Cuz in Texas, I mean, I think there's a there's a monument more well, I know there's one on the Capitol ground, but I think it's of the Civil War dead. Um but like I I don't know the full history, but like the one here in Galveston um, you know, it's a monument to the Civil War dead. Uh, so it's not really a monument to any specific, but the plaque reads along the lines of, you know, no, uh, there was no greater honor or no greater glory than the cause they fought for or something along those lines. So when I look at that one, I'm like, you know, the monument isn't necessarily a problem. I mean, I don't have a problem you know, dedicating to the dead because people fought, people died. It was a traumatic time. People in Galveston served. So, yeah, but the dedication, like, you know, you're saying that this is more glorious than my service. You know, when I was a veteran, uh, I kind of take offense to that, you know, even just personally is that bullshit. So, you know, those kinds of things, I almost think it needs to be rededicated. Maybe keep the monument, but, you know, change the fucking plaque. Jesus Christ, let's let's make this representative of who we are. Not oh yeah that bullshit oh yeah I agree I agree and that, it's it's and that's where you draw the line yeah if it's a memorial to the dead that's one thing like I said it was Americans killing Americans they're I mean the 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 Confederate soldiers got very very young because they oh were yeah all dying off oh yeah they that's a good they those mass mass uh, that was just the the most ridiculous thing once I realized it is all this talk about states' rights, states' rights, states' rights, yet the Confederacy was basically communism. <laughs> oh, no, 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 fuck that. The whole states' rights argument, get the fuck out of here with that. The worst, when they come out and say slavery was states' rights, it was, a, or the Civil War was fought for states' rights, yeah, your state's right to own a slave, you <laughs> dipshit. Go look at the, uh, I think it's the Keystone or the Cornerstone speech mm -hmm. where the vice president of the um, Confederacy says that, you know, you know, slavery and this is the the cornerstone or keystone of you know our society and all that kind of stuff like tell me that just about every right. constitution or um uh secession letter mentions slavery as a reason hang on a second yep hannah has something to add uh-oh <laughs> hannah hannah from the top rope <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because um, basically she said that 
Lincoln said that he would ha- rather have the states back together and have slavery than have everybody. Be oh yeah. Apart. Oh so, yeah. Like, it wasn't about that er- at all. Early early it, it war, come- he was very very. Uh, you know, it wasn't until later in the war after the Emancipation Proclamation that he really kind of opened up to the idea of no, we really need to abolish all slavery. Yep, it wasn't. It wasn't until after, and that had a lot to do with going and staying in the hospital after one of his kids died. Um, they went and lived in the hospital for a while. Him and his wife, they couldn't fucking stay in the house. Mm. His, it was his. It was his favorite son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely. Um, you know, he was a complicated man. He wasn't. He wasn't the radical. He definitely wasn't a radical. He was. A, he was a very moderate. Didn't want to just just wanted to keep slavery from new states. Um, yeah. Kind of racist too. Ve- well, e- yeah, every, yeah, and and frankly, yeah. everybody at the time is you know racist. I mean, everybody today is racist at some level. So, you know, it's a thing. Yeah, no, it's true, and but, and I, I hate the you know, but they were just assigned to their times. So it doesn't yeah. make it okay. No, but, you know, it doesn't. Under- it is what it is. So. But uh, thank you for that question. I love talking history. It's one of my favorite things. So I'm glad I got to got to nerd out on that a little bit. Yeah. So my la- my my surprise thing now. All right. Last night when we were talking on the phone, uh, for those of you who don't know, I run my own um, solid silver sterling silver dice company, Dragon's Horde Dice Co. Whatever. Not not this is this is this is. No, that's not even a shameless plug because I told Ryan I wouldn't do that here um, because it's politics. It doesn't make sense. But this actually pertains to him because he said, you guys should make a D, a, a solid sterling silver D100. Yeah, I just thought like, it would oh, be fuck. awesome to like roll a big ball of precious metal. <laughs> it's, it's like the size of a small – it's like the size of a baseball, right, in solid sterling silver. That's a little – well, I guess it could be that big, yeah. Yeah, we're making it happen, by the way. Oh, are y'all really? (laughs) Oh, yes, you were the arbiter of that. It is going to be, and I'm going to plug that here. We're making it our, uh, um, one of our stretch goals. If we hit $100,000, we're going to make a solid sterling silver um, D100, (laughs) and we're going to call it the holiday. (laughs) I I told you I would, and I did. Awesome. <laughs> well, good luck on that. So good for your shameless plug and good luck on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I sell like a million of these things. I really so, do. We, you, you become borderline famous around the world because your name is <laughs> ball of silver. <laughs> that was my that was my little piece. I thought about that earlier. I was like, I've been working on this all day. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> Um, before we close things out, um, Ryan did an interview with Rhonda Hart. You want to go ahead and introduce yeah, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got, I uh, got with Rhonda Hart. Uh, if by, if you don't know her, she is a, um, gun rights activist, uh, personal, I would say personal friend of Beto, uh, helped him form his gun rights policy. One of the premier guys along with Marcel and uh, her and a few other folks uh, were one of the ones instrumental of getting him on a gun rights platform. Uh, You know, she's big with Mom's Demand. She does lots and lots of advocacy. Um, So yeah, something we've been talking about with her for a little while. I finally managed to schedule some time and uh, bring her on. So why don't we go ahead and and bring her on and uh, y'all keep on ahead and looking ahead to better. Uh, yeah, I'd like to introduce uh, Rhonda Hart to uh, to our show. Rhonda, hi, welcome, uh, welcome to. Hi. <laughs> so uh, everybody knows you are a very strong advocate for gun violence prevention. Uh, 
and uh, you, you're an advocate of it because it touched your life uh, personally. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like how gun violence touched your life? Um, tell us your story. So the first, like the first two times, if I sit here and think about it, I was in high school mm-hmm. whenever Columbine happened. Yeah. And then um, my senior year of high school, one of my classmates decided to end her life by gun. And um, so that was really my first experience into it. And then I thought, you know, sure, uh, Columbine was 1999. Surely in 19 or 20 years, like, we can fix this. And um, on May 18th, a shooter went into the art class at Santa Fe High, and he shot eight children and two teachers um, died there on the scene. Um, He wounded 13 more, and um, my daughter Kimberly was one of the eight kiddos that didn't make it. So it obviously yeah, it's a little near and dear. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so let me ask you. So since then, Uh um, you know, you've really taken that story and turned it into something. So Mm -hmm. what have you really been doing? Because I remember the first time I heard you, um, it was in Galveston actually, Mm -hmm. uh, when Beto was running for Senate. You came down to Tamug, and I think you gave you. I can't re- No, he interrupted his speech to bring you up and yes. let you talk and then yes. continue on. Um, so, so and they've been doing a lot. So Beto had reached out to me uh-huh. probably, it was really early after the shooting, maybe mm-hmm. like three days or something. He called and left a voicemail and he said, um, I'm just checking on you. This is my number. Mm-hmm. Please keep in touch. Mm-hmm. And so then they invited me to a Beers with Beto, Bands with Beto, about a month later. And that was the first time that I met him. Um, We had a roundtable discussion in Galveston with other survivors Mm -hmm. of the Santa Fe shooting and other teen advocacy groups. I think it was Marcel McClinton at that one. Yeah, Marcel, Bree, Kelly, that that was really like our core foundation right there. Um, so we had round tables. Um, he said after that meeting, please, please keep in touch with me and Cynthia and our whole team. Like we just think a lot of you. Right. And so it became a thing that if Beto was in town, my family and I would go, I would bake cookies. I would hand them <laughs> out, you know, and at, you know, if Beto wanted to talk about gun violence and he would pause his story and he would say, Hey, I have Rhonda here and he would let me talk and it was really there in the beginning it was really how I helped find my voice as a survivor and um, trying to you know test those waters and and, figuring out how I was gonna tell it and Mm -hmm. you know it so he really really helps with me finding my voice. That was that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, I, I agree because I. It was super awesome. I, I, I make the joke. I'm a big introvert. Here I am doing a podcast. So. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But <laughs> you can. But you. So I'm the same way. But yeah. you can like put your put the pause button on your podcast and then just go and do your introvert thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, what I well, do. So that's interesting though, because. Um, Santa Fe is not exactly what I would call a progressive safe space. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how have your neighbors and uh, friends taken to what you've been doing? 
have, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the people around here? Um, from Santa Fe in mm -hmm. general, I had to take a huge step away from that group. Mm -hmm. At some point, it was um, it was right about the time I stood on a chair and yelled at Ted Cruz because he had that coming. He has a lot of that coming. <laughs> he had, he, that needed to happen. Right. And um, it was right about that time that members of the school board were questioning my veteran status. Mm, they yeah. were apologizing for my behavior on forums that I wasn't even a part of. I was being accused of Beto paying my bills and buying all the new furniture for my new apartment. And um, so I genuinely had to take a step back. Yeah, they get pretty petty about it, that. It, it's, it's pretty It's sad. very hard. Yeah. And it, it was very, very heartbreaking because I was a member of the community down there for mm -hmm. a long, long time. I was a Girl Scout leader. I was a school bus driver. And they were okay if I was behind the wheel in the bus and protecting their kiddos. But when I said, you know, maybe they shouldn't get shot at school, that's when they had yeah. a problem, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. It, it, it's, it is sad, and it, it's kind of sad that that seems to be part of the playbook is attacking the victims. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, it just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for everybody. It's, I know it's incredibly it, frustrating it's, for you. Yeah. And you're it, living it. It's, you know? it's very, very hurtful. Yeah. You know, when people come up and they're like, oh, you're a gun-grabbing, da-da-da-da-da. You know, I don't, I don't give yeah. a flying rat's butt yeah, what you, you can do. Curse. <laughs> this is a okay. Beto podcast. Good. You can okay. curse as much okay. as you want. <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass what you do with your gun. I just need you to lock it up yeah. and be responsible with it. Other right. than that, I really don't care. Well, so let me ask you that. Because um, okay. that's kind of, uh, you know, everybody takes gun advocacy. There's a million different ways you mm -hmm. can, you know, address this problem. Mm -hmm. um, what are the big things that you, the big areas that you see that need to be addressed with um, this issue? So like my top four mm -hmm. would really be a universal background check, mm -hmm. um, defining and clarifying safe storage across the state of Texas mm -hmm. and the country in general, and implementing a red, red flag law. Red flag. All yep. three of those things would have helped prevent the Santa Fe shooting. And then, um, because I'm a veteran, I'm going to add number four in there with either banning the AR-15 or finding some way we're going to tax the hell out of mm -hmm. it. We're going to regulate mm -hmm. the ammunition. Mm -hmm. We're something, some some way to regulate AR-15s. Maybe yeah. we just stop production. And if you already have one, great. But we're just maybe not going to make any more. I agree. The, 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 I, I, I think I've even said this on record. I don't necessarily have a problem with some civilians owning one mm -hmm. under certain conditions. But mm -hmm. the condition, the environment we have right now where you can just have one yeah. and keep it under your bed. Yeah, I'm not a fan not of good. that. No, and um, Beto was in, mm -hmm. he was talking to some high school kids at one point. And the high school student was, they were a hunting family, and he said, you know, when we go hunting, um, if we use an AR-15, it actually provides a quicker shot so the animal doesn't suffer longer. And I know that it provides a longer shot too. Mm -hmm. So maybe I wouldn't have a problem with it being kept at the range. Right. You pay a fee, you sign on the dotted line, mm -hmm. and then you can borrow it for three days or whatever to go on your trip. 
yeah. and we know exactly who you are and what you're doing. And with I think it. that's a lot, big point is yeah. that a lot of these things are just kind of ideas. We want gun owners to be part of the conversation yeah. with us, but we want responsible yes. conversation but, around this. But here's the thing people. is they get so bent out of shape and they get so wrapped around, oh, you're going to take my gun. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I never said that. And if you're a responsible owner, I think it's you need to do your due diligence to go and talk to your representatives about, hey, this is how I keep it in a safe. Hey, I do respect a background exactly. check. Hey, I do think that people in a mental crisis maybe should not have a gun because if if you don't mm -hmm. and then we come in and we end up by some grace of god regulating the hell out of your weapon and you didn't speak up i don't want to hear your complaints right. <laughs> like, right. you didn't vote you on this like you need to you need be to part be of part of the solution exactly. yeah don't just sit there and bitch about I know, it i make this thing like you know i have family members who have arsenals but they keep gun safes you know yeah so ammo swords separately yeah they're responsible they're yeah they're federal cops so they're yeah. responsible like about do this, me you know? a favor and go to your representative and say hey this is what it this looks is like what it needs to be when you put it in a lockbox right. like that's getting back to what responsible gun ownership <laughs> should be <laughs> is basically what it is yeah yeah um, exactly yeah exactly so um what have i been doing since the events yeah. um Let's see. I speak. Well, you said you did a lot of interviews. How many, I, how many did you say you did this year? Um, so I I was invited specifically to share my survivor story five times, mm -hmm. and then um, and that's that was since April. Right. And, and, and share that to who exactly? Um, let's like, see. I've shared it to. Like you go in person and. Yes, like, I, speak? I go. Okay. Yeah, I go in person. It usually happens like, hey, a friend of mine will reach out and say, hey, um, this was actually a really good reach out. Mm -hmm. My progressive, my super progressive church is doing a six-week panel, um, a six-week look at how people of Christian faith mm -hmm. can respond to gun violence. And they invited me, they invited other moms demands, they had a couple members of the NRA at one point, and they looked at all aspects of it. And so it was really good. Um, I spoke to um, some school transportation folks that I used to work with a few years ago. They reached out and they wanted to talk about school safety, mm -hmm. so I said, sure. And uh, so it just kind of happens organically. Right. Right. And then, you know, that your, does... Your name gets out into Yeah, yeah, year, yeah. And then, you know, that doesn't count, like, January I was at the Women's March. Right. February I was invited to State of the Union. You know, so people want to reach out and talk about those things, too. So. Right. right, right. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah. so that's that's exactly what we need, more people talking about this. And, yeah. I mean, I, it's really sad. I mean, as soon as Beto dropped out stop talking about it there all was thing. okay so i didn't i didn't watch the debate mm -hmm. because i had I, I was a little bit burned out or excited i don't know how you want to talk yeah. about it on impeachment stuff um but i also had mom's demand action that night okay. and by the time i got home i was just like i think they said it was one of the lowest rating rated yeah i was uh, like i just need to or, put my feet up and yeah i don't blame just you. decompress I, I forced myself to watch it for the podcast but if it weren't for that i would have yeah i would probably yeah. skip myself. but i'm i'm a little bit bummed that they didn't mm -hmm. i heard they didn't bring up gun violence um you know we had that forum in las vegas in mm -hmm. early october I would really like to have another debate. I actually need to see debates on 
women's issues, veterans' issues, housing, um, medical, if, if they insist on having 10 people in the field still on the stage, right. then we need to have a topic-specific debate. Yeah, yeah, I, de I definitely agree. They could do they could do that a lot better. Yeah, they really could. They Although really I heard could. this one was very well moderated by it, the it female panel. It was one panel. of the better so, yeah. moderated ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's but it's just kind of like it's like climate change though. They never really did a climate change debate. They did do some town halls, so yeah, maybe but more town hall format. I, I don't know. It's it, it's rough, and it's also rough because um, I know personally when you know when you do have someone talking about it like Beto, the NRA comes out the woodworks to just pile onto him. Do you know? I mean, it's it's bad. Death my, 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 my conspiracy theorist in me, mm -hmm. as someone that considers Beto a friend of mine, mm -hmm. I knew after the midterm, you know, we all knew he was on the MAGA bomber list. You had seen, so I was there at the debate in September People when... People come into his house to take videos of when he, When he yeah. had said, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s, um, I had noticed an uptick just on CNN, mm -hmm. you know, the, the clips from his town halls, just uh, people getting more confrontational yes. with him. And, um, you know, he said he was in it to the end, but um, I hope to God that something wasn't said. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope that, and that is just me being out there in left field. <laughs> I think field, there's been some speculation conspiracy. about that. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm generally going to take him at his word for that, you know, yeah. I, I, just knowing his style, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take him at his word, but I understand. But people that. are crazy. Well, I know, we saw it. I mean, I, like I said, I moderated, I met, I met, sorry, I moderate the, I moderated the Reddit forum for him, the mm -hmm. Reddit subreddit, and we would see uh, death threats coming through yeah. regularly. Yeah, like, no, just, the, it, it gets, the, and it did ratchet up. It, the, the army of Red Hats mm -hmm. was mad. And that they came he, after him. The, yep. And, um, you know, I... You know, we got broad shoulders, we can take it, but it but, does wear on you after but a while. But, you know, I think it was it would be different, like, 10 years ago, if W. Bush had his little army of minions. Mm -hmm. They didn't really seem like a credible threat. Do you know what I mean? But this something... Has this has elevated it. It's Cheeto Voldemort has just... He ramps up his base, uh -huh. like... I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. He just breathes violence and, ugh, ugh. <laughs> Exactly. I think you couldn't say it better myself. This is gross. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, well, hopefully, well, we got two opportunities to get him out in the next year, so we'll either vote him out or we'll... Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Or he'll get impeached because I don't know this impeachment stuff is. Uh, or you to know he he, I wouldn't put him past him to say, oh I'm too ill. Yeah. Oh the stress. I, you know I've heard that theory a couple of times. I'm kind of on the he's too egotistical to do that. Yeah. I I I I, I would hope yeah. that that's the space saving out, but. Yeah no I don't I don't, I don't think, think yeah I don't I don't, I don't think, think so either. I think I think. Even if he got voted out, we would have to like FBI would have to drag him out of the Oh no, he he's gonna do. Do you, do you have kids? No. Okay. No. So when kids are little, little preschool toddler age, 
they like to like sit on your foot and wrap <laughs> their leg, their arms around your legs like a koala bear. Right. He is gonna be like some koala bear. He's gonna like spread himself out on that desk and like latch himself down. The, there, it's gonna be like getting out dry rot. That's because he knows the second he leaves office, he's gonna be in some real trouble legally. He's got, shit. he's got a lot of yeah. skeletons that are pending right now that came out from. No this. kidding. Uh, so. No kidding. It's coming. Just keep the faith. <laughs> I, I have a countdown on my phone to election day. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, everybody's been asking me, have you thought about who you're going to support yet? Or are you just kind of out there um, right now? I have a distant second and third. Yeah. But their number one issues are not guns. Mm-hmm. It's for them, it would be taxes or housing or something else. Yeah. And for me, my, my number one issue is yeah. guns. And then my last issue is guns because I, I, I like the number five. Yeah, five <laughs> um, So, you know, Beto was really that one, especially after the El Paso shooting mm-hmm. that like, Guns are a hot button issue. Yeah. And he was that before the El Paso. It definitely he was supplied for him. But yeah, but I mean El Paso that right. shooting just because I remember he, even during the Senate reign, up. everybody talked about how oh the mandatory buyback is going to kill the party, and I completely disagree. I saw mm-hmm. what he was advocating for in the uh, Senate run, and people would come out and support him from both sides. It was yeah. not these are not as controversial as people, and that's something that really disappointed me with a lot of Democrats was. They started repeating NRA talking points to shoot down that buyback. I was like, no, you guys. Okay, are, what? You guys are off your rocker wh- on this. When, one. when, when we were in the forum in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. Mayor Pete sat there in a room of survivors and advocates and called a mandatory buyback of AR-15s a shiny object, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't get distracted by mm-hmm. it. And I was like, you know what? Veteran to veteran. I'm not a fan of that because you specifically, you know the power of that AR-15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for you to sit there and say that we shouldn't be concerned about that, that is a huge but, red but flag to, for but me. But to call it a shiny, shiny object was what bothered me. It's like, okay, you may not agree with the mandatory buyback. I can respect you. I might have a different that, it was disrespectful. on that. But to it, say it's some distraction, no, this yeah. is a real issue no, that people are the, concerned the, there, about. There was, there was um, families from Sandy Hook mm-hmm. there. Um, it was put on by Parklands. Yeah. It, Gabby Giffords was there. You know, like that—that that was pretty tone deaf. Yeah, if it you just, ask me, it really was. Yeah. So you know, it's unfortunate. It. I will vote in the primary. I will vote in the general. Mm-hmm. Am I committing to anybody right now? That's no. kind of where I'm at. <laughs> and deep down. No one will ever, for me, come close to Beto. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he I he got my volunteer hours. He got monetary donations. Um, he he was just one of a kind. Yeah. You know, and I consider him to be a friend. And um, so, really, like, no one else is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. So I agree. I don't think he's done yet, though. I think he'll be back someday. I, I hope so. I hope so. There's. I was just talking to Shannon Watts, and she's the founder of Moms Demand Action, and um, they're talking about opening a Texas field office here 
um, in the next few months to okay. help flip the Texas House and the Texas level Senate because we're like nine seats away from yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, a lot of retirements. Exactly. Up. You know, they're dropping like flies. They really are. Oh, it's just really amazing. And not even like swing districts too and mm -hmm. districts where people they need to stick mm -hmm. around like. yeah so um i told her i said you know if you guys do that you need to reach out to the aurorics mm -hmm. because they would be a super powerful voice i could definitely see him creating some kind of advocacy group or partnering with amnesty international or something he he's he just needs to put things on pause and hang out with his kids. Yeah, he needs some family time. He, he, that's he, hard. He went straight from the Senate straight to the president. And line. that's hard. And that's that, like two or three years away from his kids. Exactly. So yeah. he, he's got some time to catch up. So. Yeah. 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 So, well, thank you very much for uh, coming out and talking with Any me. Any other questions? No, I think. Unless you have anything you want to share? Or, no. Like, what, what's, what's next for you now? Um, so what's next for me is... Um, I just went up yesterday. My representative for this area, Randy Weber, was my representative too. <laughs> oh, so, so um, he has told me in the past to my face that he voted no on HR number eight, which was the universal background check. He told me he voted no on that because um, he thinks the Second Amendment is a God-given right. Um, so. Yesterday he did a energy committee hearing with Lizzie Panel Fletcher, who chairs that subcommittee, uh -huh. and they were. I, I, Weber's office would not tell me where what his schedule was, so I just emailed Fletcher's and I was like, "Hey, what's up on Friday?" And they told me I said, "Oh, you know, I can be there." <laughs> and so I showed up. Um, I had copies of um, three common sense gun bills that were written by also not our representative they were written by Sheila Jackson Lee mm -hmm. um, so one of them is the Kimberly Vaughn safe storage bill the other one is the Sabika Sheik firearms um, licensing and registration bill and then the last one is the Santa Fe Victims Memorial Fund um, and so the first two bills obviously are safe storage and uh -huh. registering of firearms and or ammunition if we okay. have to go that way and then um the santa fe bill takes all of your gun sales out of the garage or the yard sale okay. or the parking lot into private sales kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just says that if you're going to sell your gun you have to take it inside of a brick and mortar shop so like if you if you were gonna sell me a gun maybe it's determined that we need to go to Bass Pro mm -hmm. where there's a third party maybe Bass Pro charges a dollar fifty right. cents transfer fee or whatever yes yeah. just so that you know there's some cameras to be going on right. you know there there's it's kind of a neutral third party to be had um, so it's just kind of like that extra safety measure. Um, so I hadn't been able to see uh, Representative Fletcher and Representative Weber. He's like the Yeti. <laughs> um, so I, so I, I printed off copies of those bills and I sat down in my little seat and I waited for the whole panel. And he saw, I know he saw me. <laughs> I had my big survivor button on and I know he, I know he saw me. And so... <laughs> When everything was done, I was hoping to just be able to hand him this packet of bills. Because by golly, if you can sit there and talk about carbon recapture, I don't know why you can't sit down as two grown-ass adults and talk about gun right. reform. Like, right. 
set third political third rail for some reason. It drives yeah. me nuts. Um, so I ended up being able to hand off those bills to one of his staffers, mm -hmm. and she was like, "Well, I'm on the energy side, and I'm like, I don't care. Just give it to your legislative person." Mm -hmm. And then um, Lizzie Panel Fletcher, she she did take the packet of bills from me, and she said, "Okay, I'll pass this over to whoever I need to, but I will I will take a look at it." Okay. okay. So yeah, that's so moving forward, um, I will probably be mailing out copies of those to a lot of representatives in getting Texas. Their feet, getting their faces more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what it's yep. about. I mean, that's what that's what democracy is. You gotta petition your government. You gotta get in their yeah, face. Yeah, and, and you know, force, I'm I'm really I'm really sick and tired of skirting around this issue. Oh, we're only gonna try to go for background checks this yeah. time. Oh, we're only gonna try to go for um, safe storage this time. You know what? We need to just get all this in a snowball, just one yeah. great big snowball, because they call us snowflakes, and we <laughs> just need to get this great big ball of gun violence issues and bills and we just need to throw it at them and see what sticks. I agree. Okay, if you don't like safe storage, then let's go for regulating ammo. If you don't like that, then let's go for this. What can we do? I there mean, we can't even do the basics now of, of well, the first thing we need to do is get the NRA out of goddamn politics and stop them from you know screwing what? up the uh... screw the NRA. <laughs> but I will look, I have to say this like well, hopefully they're screwing themselves over financially like, and they're Congratulations to Moms Demand Action in Virginia. They knocked and made phone calls, and they defeated the NRA in their own freaking backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I love. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I hope that, you know, I could get some of these bills yeah. maybe introduced. Um, it's just, it's a long shot, but mm. we'll see. Let's keep fighting the good fight. So. Mm -hmm. Someone's got to do it, and yeah. you know, like. Well, we're 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 all here for you. So. I'm just trying to make it so that nobody has to go through this again. Yeah. Nobody has to be sat down in a chair by the chaplain, you know, with people that aren't biologically your family, mm -hmm. and be told that your child was shot. Right. Um, because this is like the worst. This is the worst thing ever. This is like, not what you want to be doing. No, right you now. no yeah. no. You can't you can't get any yeah. lower than this. Like this is bottom unless something happened to my other child. This is bottom line the shittiest thing that can happen to anyone ever. And um, you know, five years, ten years down the road, if we can just save a couple of families from this level of suck then you know what I've done my job thank you very much for you're all welcome. your everything you're doing <laughs> so, and thank you for meeting me you're welcome hey anytime oh, I might take you up on that yeah I mean I you're local you. yeah I'm right down the road so yeah I live across the street <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so. yeah all right, well, thanks again I'm ready